You are listening to the Unlock Your Sound podcast. Feel free to join the discussion over at the Unlock Your Sound Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash Unlock Your Sound. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Unlock Your Sound podcast with myself, Christopher Cavallio, and I'm joined by Chris Pavey, as usual, Chris. Hello, hello. Today we have a guest. We have... Nicholas Lorenzo from Panorama Mastering. How are you doing, Nicholas? I am doing exceptionally well for this time in the morning in Australia. <laughs> yeah, what time is it? What time is it there, dude? It's six in the morning. Six in the morning. Whoa. Dude. That is commitment. Dude. Yeah. We're, we're very, very grateful to you. Uh, Extremely grateful. To uh, be, being up at this time to, just to talk to us. I imagine, <laughs> though, you're, you're up at that time anyway, right? Yeah, right now I'm usually on a jog and then I'm bumping back in for a bit of a brekkie and then starting my studio day. Good morning, Formula Man. Yeah. 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 Sweet. So, um, yeah, so uh, Nick, if you could just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, where you're from and stuff like that, and we'll take it from there. Awesome. I'm Nick. Hi, everybody. All right, so who am I? I am Nicholas. I'm a mastering engineer in Melbourne, Australia. And, well, basically, that's what I do. I master records. I love mastering records. I sucked at recording um, for the better half of the fact that I I didn't have the personality to deal with musicians while they're being super creative and recording stuff and writing things down. So I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going to stay in studios till 11 (laughs) or midnight because um, it just didn't suit me my lifestyle, my personality, and then I started assisting at a mastering studio and I'm like, wow, I like this. This is this is calm, this is cool, this is relaxed, this is this is me. And then I've just sort of built up a studio here in Melbourne, Australia. In the last five years, it's just been growing exponentially and it just continues to keep growing. And I'm pretty I think we're in a lucky time in the industry where where somebody like me can come off the back of a, a uni course, figure out what they want to do quite fluently because of the opportunities out there at the moment and then sort of double down on what I love. I agree, man, 100%. I also am very optimistic about, you know, um, being in this business. Um, well, I'm, I better be because otherwise I'll... <laughs> <laughs> what what are we know, doing? I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't... Yeah, it would be very, yeah. very difficult to get up in the morning and do it. So, um, but yeah, no, that totally makes sense, Nick. Um, obviously, like... Uh, we've known each other for a while, Nick, like we've spoken loads and loads of times. Um, and for me to hear that your business is growing does not remotely surprise me because you are everywhere, dude. At least like for me, you are everywhere. That is Facebook and Instagram, you know? Mm. And, um, you know, I see you, I see you as one of the few people who are turning up as a leader. You know, as uh, as an authority, as someone who uh, knows knows what they're talking about, but also uh, has very strong convictions about things, which I think is awesome. You know, based on your experience. Um, so, what what I'd like to know actually uh, from you, because imagine like a music artist is listening to this podcast, or maybe a producer, someone who's starting out. Like, what would you advise them? to to do like what's one piece of advice you'd give someone coming out of maybe coming out of uni or maybe not coming out of uni or coming out of school what's the what would you advise them in terms of like breaking into the industry 
to breaking into the industry. I, I think as soon as you start well, starting on, out, yeah, uh, starting out. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought there. Well, in terms of breaking into the industry, the, the, you got to be in it to win it, I guess. Um, you can't sort of be be an outsider the whole time. And there's, I don't know, pe- people starting out there. There's too much information out there. I think, you yep. know. I think there's a lot of good information. There's a lot of bad information, and that's 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 that that's not because of the internet. That's just that's just because it's always been like that for centuries and centuries. There's always been good information and bad information out there. Indeed. But the thing yeah. that separates people from actually um, doing something constructive and and sort of just sifting through tutorials and guides and ten point checklists are people who are sort of finding their own truth to all this information. Um, cool. so actually, you know, just if you're starting out by starting out, actually do something, it could be as mm-hmm. small as just putting a track out and your friends and family hearing it, but mm-hmm. actually going through that experience of starting something and putting it out to the world, you're going to learn so much more than you ever would in a 10 point checklist. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the thing is like, you know, for me, that's like some of the best advice that someone could receive. However, it's just it. Un- un- unfortunately, I think not a lot of people. They're looking for the wrong stuff. Like they're they're looking for the wrong information. Not wrong, but they're not necessarily looking for information that's going to move the needle in their career. You know, it's like more production tutorials, more production tutorials, more production yeah. tutorials, and that's not necessarily what's going to you know, push you forward. I think. I think also it's it's that it's that case of people will find anything to use as a, as an excuse for why they may not be succeeding or getting into it. So rather, so as Nick said, go and release a track, even if five people hear it. That's five more people that are going to hear it than if you just mm. left it on your hard drive. Like you, you have to start somewhere and actually do it. And mm. if you just keep watching tutorials or keep thinking, oh, yeah, well, I better get better at doing this first before I can release it, you aren't ever going to start. So mm. maybe the hardest bit is, yeah, just starting and getting a track out there or writing a song or however mm. you want that start to be, but actually just doing it. Mm. Yeah, and it's also the reason why people start doing it as well. Um, what, I, what I asked a question in one of the forums a few weeks back because I really wanted to sort of dig down into the psyche of the common artists these days. And I, and I think I asked a question along the lines of, would you rather 10,000 streams on your next release and be absolutely happy with the music? Or would you rather a million streams and, you know, not be very proud of the music and, but you get a million streams, you get attention, you get gratification in that respect. So the actual backing behind that question was, are you, moving forward with what you're doing in music for your own internal gratification or external. Yeah, sure. And I find that a lot of people who are not maybe insecure, but not necessarily secure in what they're doing tend to find their way through the industry through external gratification or external sort of gratitudes towards them where people are going, Oh, that's really good. Or they got a lot of likes on a certain post or a certain mm. song is blowing up and they're like, okay, that means I'm doing a good job. Whereas mm. there are artists out there. And I think the best of artists and the people who are actually making something and doing something very unique and constructive are those who are sticking to their own internal like balance or moral 
system where they go, sure. okay, I've put everything I can into something. I don't need anybody else to tell me it's good. I'm going to put it out now. Mm. Um, and I think that gives you a lot more ability to be self-critical rather than being swayed and indecisive from external factors telling you what and how and, you know, when to piss, when to shit and what to do. So, um, yeah, that, 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 I just think, I just think the psyche of artists is, is really, really important to sort of get your head around. And, and if you're an artist listening, you know, it, it's not bad if you want to sort of just get into the business to sort of for the image or for, for that sort of external gratification, but you have to, you have to be aware of what you're trying to do and achieve in the first place. And if that's something, then, you know, put all your bags in that basket and go for it. But if it's yeah. because you're a creative at heart and you really want to satisfy that, you're not going to be very happy um, if your goals don't align with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so Nick, um, take us further back, like take us back to the beginning. How did it all happen? The origins. The origins. My origin story. I think Marvel are going to mm. make a movie about this. <laughs> um, is it Marvel? Oh, fuck. I, 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 don't, I don't follow comics. I'd be so trolly if there were DC lovers out there and I fucking just tarnished, <laughs> you know, tarnished some fucking um, uh, comic stuff. You, you'll lose like 10 listeners for that, Chris. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get emails now. Oh. I'm going to get emails. <laughs> fucking get people who know about comic books, man. Uh, um, <laughs> So my origin story, um, loved recording, just recording my bands in high school and other people's bands in high school because I love the technology and I was just sort of fucking around and trying to figure it all out. Um, after high school, went to uni, Bachelor of Arts in Music Industry, which was more an academic course. There was very little hands-on, but it, it sort of really got your head into the headspace to understand the inner workings of, you know, like your publishing and touring and contracts and business side of things and mm -hmm. you know during that course I did do do some audio engineering and technical sort of technical sort of units but nothing super in-depth just sort of your basic sort of yeah. stuff and then I'm like okay well I've got to finish off my degree I need to get an internship got an internship at a recording studio and then figured you know fuck this I don't want to be recording artists because it's just a different sort of ball game when you're doing it on the job compared to when you're doing it as a hobby. Um, and from mm -hmm. that, I got an assistant position at Eden Sound um, under Martin Pullen. Mate, it was beautiful. We worked on some good records and uh, just just the, 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 the sort of um, working style suited me, which is a little bit more sedentary, a little bit more relaxed. People already had material in the bag and you're just sort of working through it with them and getting it to that end point. And from there, I just built up a freelance business and then opened up a studio five years ago. Awesome. I love yeah. that, man. Mm. Um, so going back to like artists and stuff like that, what I'd like to ask you is yeah. based on your experience, because uh, you primarily, do you primarily work directly with artists or labels or management? I, I think there's Who an, you... I think there's an even split at the moment, but I'm sort of gravitating more towards producers and engineers, whilst the music supervisors and labels are sl slowly growing, and artists are just sort of starting to slow—not slow down—but they're just. I'm just not focusing on working directly with artists as cool. much as I have in the past. Yeah. Cool. So, what I'd like to know from from your experience, then, is like, what are some like 
uh, big or some like common hurdles that you are finding with maybe your clients slash the producers and artists that you that you are working with? Hurdles in regards to mastering or no, like sorry, hurdles in their like career or their journey. Um, I don't know. The, 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 everybody's so different, and they're all they're all facing their own little. Um, you know, like, cause you, you get pretty close and you, you get good relationships with your clients if you're doing your job properly. So you, you sort of yep. know the intricacies of it. So the, the, it's, it's always multifaceted in, in a sense. Um, common hurdles. I, I think common hurdles are just having a little bit of perspective is really important. Um, cool. I, th- I think one thing that's a big killer for artists is ego. Yep. Um, agreed for all of us, I think. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> yeah, for all yeah. of us, but 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 especially for artists because their egos attached directly to their output. Yeah, that makes and sense. And you can't have that. Like when when you're when you're when you're writing a record or you're producing a record or you're 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 going through those motions as an artist, you really have to have the ability not to be over hypercritical, but just be grounded in your assessments of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because the I think we've all all three of us have experienced the bar swaying either way. We've either encountered a client who are so hypercritical they go into analysis paralysis, and yep. then there's a record that just sounds incredible, and they're like, no, 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 I need to do this, 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 this. It's just yep. not right. And then it swings the other way where people are like, this is the best sounding record ever, and then you hear it, and I'm and you're like, what did I just listen to? Mm. Um, so I think it just comes back to that grounding and sort of just going, okay, this is my project. This is what I'm trying to achieve. This is how I'm trying to achieve it. And looking at things a little bit more objectively and removing you, any sense of ego from the actual process because it, it it can cloud it and sway that bar one way or the other. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Um, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it makes sense that that would be a, a big struggle uh, for people as well. I mean, yeah. one thing that I'm finding at the moment with artists is that, well, not just artists, but maybe us and producers, is like getting distracted by the things that don't matter so much, you know, mm. and the things that don't necessarily uh, move the needle in, in their career. Do you find that to be the case, Nick or Chris? I'll let Chris go on this one. I think it's. I think every artist obviously has got a different goal set out when mm-hmm. they start off. As Nick was saying at the start, like if you have a plan of, if you have a a schedule you want to keep to, or, or a plan or or a direction, then you can figure that out a lot easier in your progress. But I find that the end, because because as a mastering engineer, we're at the end of it. We always pick up, almost not always, but we often pick up the pieces of an artist's journey at the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. So if they've had any issues or problems or aren't sure about something or aren't sure in their direction, if no one else has said, hey, do you want to talk about this? Or do you want to ask me some questions or do you want some advice about something? And it hasn't happened through the production, the mixing, and now it's happening in the mastering. Mm. I find that my role as a mastering engineer has facilitated me doing that more times than not as I'm I'm sat there and they're going, oh, can I just ask you about, I haven't really thought about distribution. Should I have right. thought about that? Right. Yeah. I'm going, well, yeah, um, we, we, I can help you through that now, but it'd be great if we started this 
two months ago, yeah. three months ago, five months ago. <laughs> when did you when did you think about this album? That's yeah. well, you should have been telling people about it then. So I think, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not sure that answered your question fully. No, it totally was, does. Do you do you find that, that quite common, Nick, as a mastering engineer yourself? That that discussion, yeah, that discussion has been something that always happens, especially with artists who don't have management or representation. Right, because yeah. usually, like music supervisors are on it, where they're going, okay, we need to release it by now. The PR team's going to need the assets three or four <laughs> weeks in advance, so yeah. get your shit together. Yeah. Um, what I'm what I'm doing now is when people are coming in for a project, or at least they're inquiring, I'm sort of working backwards from their release date. Yes. So I'm yeah. like, okay, when Definitely. are you planning to release this? Okay, I want to release this on the first of May. Okay, well, if you wanted to release it on the, if you want to release it on the first of May, you'd you'd want to get the asset at least three weeks before minimum, mm. at yep. a minimum, so then you can you know go through your motions, do your PR, get into distro, set up yep. a premiere, do that. It's it's not really I don't, it's it's really hard because I don't like sort of having those conversations with clients, especially clients with management, because it's not my place. Well, well, this is what I this is what I was trying trying to get at. Like, it's almost like it's not our place, but often yeah. because we're at the because we're at the end, yeah. and there's no one that psychologically throughout the process, there's always a stage after, so everything can kind of just be pushed back in the corner. Oh, yeah. we're 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 working on the song now. Let let us get this sorted first. Oh, now we're doing the mixing. Okay, now we're doing the mar- oh wait after mm. now the mastering. I now have to think about this. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I I, I completely get what you mean, Nick. To- I, yeah, they're yeah. pushing it back I, in their mind, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I completely get what you mean. Like I always felt a bit awkward, like, oh, I don't wanna sound like I'm telling you what to do, because really you should be making these decisions. But I often get asked so often like what I think and I go, Well, this is what other artists I work with have done in the past, or this mm. is what other managements have done, or and then you mm. I I try and I, I don't know what you do, Nick, but I try and act like very passively and go, Well, these are some options. I would have. I, I think you should make a decision. Um, I, I don't know how you how you handle that personally. Yeah, no, I, I handle it the same. It's just it's just more so to the fact that how do I put it? I because a lot of the management people I work for, in terms of the management teams who send me their clients, I work for. I'm close with. I know that they have some autonomy over that process. Yeah, and it's much more important for me to respect their like, as in. It's it's just part of that that dynamic of the relationship where I'm sticking my foot in a little bit for some mm. of my clients if I start advising them because then they might start doing something, go back to their management, and their management's like, "What are you doing?" We've, yes, yeah, we're got We're got a handle on this. So yeah, I, 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 I to some degree, even with independent artists, I, I'm I'm taking that more passive approach where I give them the tools and they can build their own shed. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, no, um, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, because it's to take an active role in it. The the most active role I would take in it would be getting their getting their release date and being like, hey, we need to we need to get this done three weeks before, and then yeah. they can fill in the gap. Yeah, um, yeah. Three weeks. Some some campaigns PR teams want to start a campaign six weeks ahead for like an album or something. They're like they really, you know, it's it's a long lead up. So. Mm. Yeah, it really depends, and it's it's important to have that information, I guess, um, more f- so for the artist's sake, because it doesn't really affect the job we do in terms of how we perform. But it's it's always it's always nice to have that, yeah, you know, hmm. 
that that shoulder to lean on or that that help to to get some advice from yeah i, I mean it can it can in my experience affect master i mean like i've had like i mean there there have been enough occasions for me where i've been like wow i wish you know you spoke to me like just even just a week or so before you know and sometimes sometimes that was purely audio reasons you know like yeah. maybe an issue with the mix or something like that but yeah um you know like i mean i've had some artists and they're like they email me and they're like can we get this done tomorrow i'm like uh today maybe you know like you know whether the answer is yes or no i still say like well ideally you would prepare you know ideally you would have way more um headroom in your timeline for this like you'd have weeks basically yeah um between uploading the masters to distribution and release <laughs> you know let alone at the actual mastering process so well, well cause a lot of this is possible i mean anything's possible it's more about is that the best thing for your music yeah is exactly. it, is it is it better to have a nice six week four weeks lead up to your release and then release it or do you drop the album release and then suddenly try and backpedal and mm. make a load of content and get posts going up or whatever mm. yeah mm. It's interesting. This is an interesting um, topic. Yeah, I don't know much more to add to it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's I mean, good. I I only just bring it up because I, I find it very current, and a lot of a lot of people struggle with it. And I know Nick that because I know Nick that you, um, relative to a lot of mastering engineers, in my personal experience, is that that you are more proactive in helping and and more involved with the artist or the the brand that you're working with like I, I see it yeah you know no of course of course i am that's that that's part of my that's just that's just part of one it's part of me i have this sort of inclination to to want to do my best in terms of not just at the mastering studio but for my clients so they come in and they 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 they, they get everything and anything they want taken yeah. care of, I guess, um, to a, to, to, to a degree and to what's within the scope of what I can do. Um, but it's also just part of being, having a vested interest in this business because I, I think a lot of people mistake getting into mastering and this, this is actually very, very sort of funny cadence. I see a lot of people sort of jumping into the cockpit and putting on the mastering engineer hat, um, is they think it's, it's easy cash. Yeah, sure. They think they can they can go, okay, you know, I see mastering engineers racking up, you know, a hundred, hundred and fifty an hour, you know, all they have to do is sit, listen, master it, and then they're on their way. And like that that's that that's such a regular occurrence right now. And it's like, well, no, this isn't just a fucking McDonald's drive through where, you know, you, you, you rock up and then there's hey, you know, would you like fries with that? Um, no, it's it's it's, 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 <laughs> it's but, but that's but that's but that's that's sort of the cadence a lot yeah. of a lot of producers yeah. who have access to the technology we use are taking on board, and then they're sort of starting their own shops. And you know, props to anybody who wants to start something up, but you have to be realistic. It's not that easy. And as part of keeping my business alive and flourishing and moving, are the relationships I have with people. So knowing knowing what they're going through, having my head across and understanding the inner workings of the industry and actually being part of 
working with management teams and labels and arts and repertoire managers and other producers and engineers and, and going through their processes with them and having a close relationship with them means when an artist comes here and they've got an issue or they've, they, there's sort of a bit of friction in something they're trying to do or trying to navigate, you know, I can really have a deeper understanding and help mm. for them, which might not mm -hmm. necessarily have anything to do with what I'm doing in the on the desk when I'm mastering a record, but allow but allows my business to grow more than just that McDonald's service, you know, like McDonald's chips yeah. in, burger, drink and fuck off. Um it's it's more like a it's 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 a sustaining sort of relationship. So yeah, it's 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 sort of it's it's a bit out of my personality and a bit out of a necessity to sustain business that that I'm like that. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. And what are the fries in this analogy, Nick? I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I just, I just, I just feel like so many people are getting into the into the audio industry thinking it's just a, it's just a, um, an in and out cookie cutter sort yeah. of deal, and it's like, uh it's it's not. It's it's so much more than that to keep everything alive. You know, I I, I know I charge relatively premium or, or high rates compared to the rest of the market, but. I'm fucking working my ass off and like literally, you know, I got no nails left. I've got a receding hairline now as I'm getting older <laughs> and you know, that's the cost I pay to make sure that I can justify and offer that value to my clients because otherwise, you know, it's just, I'm just pissing in people's pockets, I guess. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me how much you're getting older, Nick. <laughs> uh, you're much older than me, aren't you? I'm, I'm a bit older than you, mate. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I was, you know, I remember when I, when I think you told me how, like, how relatively young you are. I'm like, really? Not because yeah. you don't look as young as you do, but just, I don't know, maybe I just was in denial of my own age. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's like a bucket load of denial in there, <laughs> but that's just one of my issues. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, what I'd like to ask you now, Nick, actually, is like, um, you know, tell us, could you tell us more about Panorama, your business, and, you know, what the what the future holds and what the long term looks like for you? Okay, so the, the business at the moment is fucking mixing, mastering, and in terms of that, my, my, my like, headspace is just doing the absolute best. Like, cool. in terms of building my team so I've got a, a vocal producer underneath me who does all my tuning and alignment I've got editors I've got um, another mixing engineer who does all my metal production and mixes and in terms of the business it's growing exponentially because I've just not got a market here in Australia I've got a market in America I've got a market in Europe and yeah. um, starting starting very slowly to enter Asia um, and in terms of the growth of the business I'm just focusing on working with my upper echelon of clients and continuing to grow that aspect of the business. Cool. Um, yeah. Simply simply because those projects are typically ones that um, involve more parties and that means there's there's more creative minds on a project, which not, doesn't always necessarily mean that it's a better project. Mm -hmm. It just means that everybody involved is exceptionally vested in the success of a project, so it pushes me to do better and better and better and better and it really and it really creates that that ceiling which I have to keep pushing up against to 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 make the best of each and every opportunity I work for my mm. clients. 
so yeah, my, the business over the next few years would is is continuing to just um, focus on you know my label clients, my producer clients, the artists who are doing it independent but are a little bit more all in or full time already. Um, it's not to say I'm not engaging with with artists who are just starting out. Um, it's just to say that I'm not focusing primarily there in terms of market space because I'm I'm just trying to, to continue to grow exponentially and allow my career to grow with 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 um, the mm-hmm. value I'm providing and as as I grow as myself as an engineer. Awesome. Um, as as someone yourself who. Uh engages with a lot of different people in the industry yep. um, and who does work with independent artists and stuff like that. Like, what do you, what's like a common misconception that you see or like a common limiting belief that you see amongst people. And sometimes maybe you have to like dispel that limiting belief or, or, or whatever. So artists starting out and really I find they feel like they can't invest right now into their projects whether that be photography or even their time, like they just, they, they don't understand the time they have to put into something. Um, I can wholeheartedly say there's quite a few independent artists I work with that are on or close to being on six figures, just being independent and touring and yep. touring yep. and um, releasing records and getting sync deals and they're just slaying it. But yeah, in order for them to slay it, they've had to work fucking 60 to 80 hours a week minimum. Yes. Like they're they're, they're yeah. non-stop on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's practically a full-time job. They're working just as much as a doctor or a lawyer to get that, that sort of, that sort of um, sustainability in terms of financially. And, and mm-hmm. also from the get-go, you know, they're not skimping on anything. Like I know one person who probably spent 10 grand on – on just promo video sort of stuff where they were just shooting fun videos for their YouTube channel with other producers and artists and stuff. And mm. and it's paid off in the long run. And I just, I feel like the limiting belief is that there's nothing out there. And the matter of the fact is the way this is, this is how I've always justified it to artists. I go, okay, you want to look at how much you're getting paid right now or how much you're making right now as a musician mm. and then compare it to a lawyer. Okay. Mm. Let, let, mm. Let's start to create some, uh, what do you call it? like parallels here? A lawyer spends maybe five to seven years studying full time. Right. They spend the next five years of their career being a paper boy <laughs> and a bitch yep. in the office. Mm-hmm. And then after 12 years of 70 to 80 hours a week of the biggest bitch work ever, then they might, they might be able to assist yep. in their first case. And right. then so after after a, a, over a decade, then they're finally starting to actually see some fiscal or fair yeah. reward. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. You can I mean, see you can see the parallel I'm starting yeah. to draw there as to as yeah. to how hard an artist actually, if they put in that effort over mm-hmm. that period of time, you know where the potential lies for them to actually create something sustainable and fruitful. Yeah, I like I like that a lot, you know, because I, I spend a lot of time managing expectations and like and mm. and sometimes I kind of I have said to people before, like you haven't done what you've done long enough 
or hard enough yet to get to where you think you should be. You know, like it just, you know, you're just, you're just, you're, you're where you're at right now, which is great, you know, but the results that you're getting are just basically your current score, mm. you know, and mm. you are, you know, you are getting something back, but you know, you have to multiply the input to multiply the output exponentially, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes it's not just a matter of multiplying the input. It's also like looking at the current input and going, what's working, what isn't, or, you know, and, uh, and doubling down on what does work. But, you know, it does, this stuff does take a long time, yeah. you know. And I think this almost rotates back around to um, the original, the very, very, very first question you had asked, um, where I was addressing people just getting started and doing it. Yeah. And and until you actually have real experiences and something tangible to assess and go through and go, hey, you know, this worked, this didn't work, this may work, this is where I have to put more effort in, this is where I have to put less effort in, you're never gonna actually know how to move forward. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um so what um what what interesting developments do you see like coming into music? Like in the in the near future or in the medium term, in the medium term for artists specifically or just in general. Um, let's go with artists specifically, but then like maybe just the wider music business. I I think the. I think the old sort of guard of the music industry, what I'm seeing is they're starting to realize the potential and opportunity in the new way of doing things. And by that, I mean music supervisors, publishers, licensing, um, oh. labels, even the managers, the way they're managing projects and investing in them and gathering resources for their clients. And I think that means artists have a lot of opportunity to have access to things like PR teams and arts and repertoire managers and and mm -hmm. and publishers and licensing like they never used to in the past. Because obviously 20 years ago, that was all gate kept. Yeah. And unless you had yeah. a, a, a label behind you or somebody backing you, you really couldn't access a lot of the things which you could help, that which could help your career and the sustainability of it. Mm -hmm. So this is my sort of advice for, for anybody who's starting out and looking to stay in the music industry for the next five to 10 years, because you're going to have access to so many resources which people before you'd never have had access to who have been at that level starting out. Mm -hmm. And that my, my advice to those people moving into the next half a decade, decade of their career would be to learn how to do everything. Okay. Not to do everything yourself, but to understand everything. So that means know how to master your own record, know how mm -hmm. to run a PR campaign, know how to take cool photos, know how to use social media, know how to know how to do literally have, have your head across everything possible. Yeah. And then what you're going to realize is some things you're going to be exceptional at. You're going to be able to kill it and you're going to be able to do it yourself. And then you're going to realize, Hey, there are some parts which I can't quite fulfill. I don't know how to get my music licensed, even though I've tried and I understand the inner workings and who I have to email and how I have to email them, I just can't do it. So yeah, then, sure. you know, when you're shopping around for a label or you're looking for fresh opportunity to move yourself forward, you can recognize, hey, this is somewhere that I sort of lack in. It's time to bring somebody on board 
and you're mm. going to have easy access to that because what I'm finding is a lot of a lot of the old vanguard of the industry are becoming very open to the new ways of operating. Um, yeah. So you know, soliciting material to a publisher or at least getting a meeting with them is so much easier than it used to be. Mm. Or, yeah. or sync licensing, or that, that that's just one example. And 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 I say this because um, it it number one it helps manage expectations because you understand the process a lot better. But it's just mm-hmm. it's just better for your career because then you can put your efforts in where you can absolutely slay and excel at, and then have people fill in the gaps and know that nobody's taking you for a ride because you understand the process because you've been through it yourself and tried to yeah. get your head around it. Exactly. I really yeah. like that. Yeah, I really, I really like, like that, that a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'm very happy with that. Like, especially yeah. about like, especially about like learning how everything works and you don't have to be an expert at it. You'll find what you're going to be good at. But at least knowing how the other stuff works give you, gives you much uh, more uh, context and empathy for those processes when you do go out and find someone to fill those gaps for you. And you'll have also- a much better expectation of what that process looks like. Yeah, and you also know what to look for. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. yeah, you can be, you can be, yeah, you can be redirect about things, and you can be very specific and say, "I'd like it done this way," or you know when to go. Right, I know when to leave this in that person's hand because they're going to do the great job, and I yeah. know that. Yeah, Chris, I want me... I want that bit at the beginning. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, yeah. I kept waiting, thing. going. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> right, here we go. Make a soundbite of that. I will do that. Yeah, I will happily <laughs> say that on the podcast itself. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, f- like even for me in my business, you know, like I've pretty had, I've, I've had good autonomy over pretty much everything going on. And then recently, so what have I had? I've, I've had to let go of the reins of vocal tuning and editing, mm-hmm. let go of the reins of mixing rock and metal records. Yep. I've had to let go of the reins of my branding. I've got a branding team and a, and a separate designer to do everything in that awesome. sort of realms. Um, photography, like it's just like I know how to do all these things. I've practiced it. I've learned it. But now it's just sort of like, okay, you know, there are people who can do it better for me, and that that's part of my sort of cadence to my career. Um, yeah, it's just it's just it's just really interesting that I think artists should be able to cover all and absolutely all bases and then just figure out where they where they where they fall short yeah and and maybe not like be massive you know like and don't be afraid of like trying these things like you, you know just because you know just because you might suck at it doesn't mean like there's no benefit in trying how uh, to learn how it works um so um and following on from that um what do you see changing or disrupting or getting better in the music industry sort of longer term like what what do you what do you foresee disrupting i think media is going to disrupt it because i think the way we consume media is changing mm-hmm. and it already has disrupted it to a certain degree because because we consume media across so many platforms so many applications on youtube on on yeah. our iWatches these days on fucking Anything that's got a, a CPU in it can pretty much hook up to the internet and you can start listening to something in some context. Even if you're not directly on Spotify listening to music, you might be watching a video and there's music to it or there might be an ad yeah. that comes up. So there's, it's, it's just exponential. And, and I, I feel like um, we haven't really developed or, or the technology industries 
haven't reached the full potential of using or giving access for people to use all this media yet. Right. Which I which I which I think only gives more opportunity for people to actually create. And that's cool. that that's great. Um in terms of disruptive yeah, that, that's what I that's what I think that, that's what I consider disruptive. I, I don't know if that's a, that's the correct answer, but I, I just I just see being be having access and the ability to consume media at four or five times the rate that we ever used to means that there's so much more opportunity for music to go out there, and that's a huge disruption, and it might yeah, not be a negative is. one. Yeah, it is like it's it's you know because as a result of that, there's just more attention to go around, and there's if there's more attention to go around, there's basically more opportunity for creators, musicians and other creatives. So yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So um, we'll start uh, wrapping it up, but Chris, did you have any more questions for Nick at all? No, I think, I think we covered a lot of good stuff. I don't want to interrogate him too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, what I would like is um, because like I said, I, I consider Nick uh, very much a leader in the space. Like, um, you know, 100%. I mean, just for myself, like knowing Nick and and seeing Nick, you know, um, on Instagram and on Facebook, like because he had, uh, you give a lot of good advice, Nick, and you have a very uh, good perspective on things and the content that you make, you, you know, even just on Facebook and stuff like it's not the usual stuff and it's stuff that people do need to hear. And a lot of it's really real, real talk. So um, what can uh where can uh, people follow you, Nick, and um, what can they expect of you? Oh, okay. Cool. So if you want to follow me, um, follow me either on Instagram, which is panorama underscore mastering, or yep. just um, uh, Chris will have my links in the description. Just stalk yes. me and check out yep. what I'm about. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll add more below, yeah. Yep. In, in, Instagram is probably the most candid way to see what I'm doing if you're a bit of a more passive person like you know you don't want to get too involved and start asking sure. questions and fucking with with shit you just sort of want to just see things naturally take their course so if you want to sort of follow my what's going on in my life that's probably the place to be because i'm just pretty you know whatever the fuck's happening i just shoot it and i'm like yeah that's cool done I love um it. <laughs> if you want to get more into the meat of things my website's not updated yet, but you can expect to see some very new and cool things up there. If you're more of a t information sort of savvy person, then you'd like to sink your teeth into things. Yeah. So Chris will send links and yeah, that's just yeah. sort of a bit of a synopsis yeah. of the, the way, uh, the way I fuck with shit. Cool, Nick. Well, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. We really appreciate you coming on. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. And, um, and uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Thanks again, Chris. And thanks, Nick, for coming on. And um, we'll, I'm sure we'll have you on again, Nick, because I know there's a lot more that we can tap into in there. That would be really, really good stuff for producers and artists and anyone else looking to uh, get started or progress in their career in music. Great. Well, thanks, guys, and speak soon. No worries. Take care. Thanks, Nick. <laughs>